Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, how's everybody doing? You feeling okay? I understand it's going to get cold this week, so, you know, just as sure as you get used to the weather, it's going to change again, so... um, well, I'm so glad you're here this morning. I wanted to point out um, in regard to Mark and Shelley being here this next weekend, we're going to have a special time of, of ministry with, with Mark on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We'll have a little bit of worship, and then um, Mark is, is uh, he's kind of prophetic and uh, so just want to do some, some time with him. So if, you, if you'd like to um, like to join us, that'll be 6 o'clock, that'll be here next Sunday evening. So uh, I'm just looking forward to them being here. I think uh, he's going to have a lot to say to our church. So uh, and it's great to have my, my aunt and uncle here, I've already said so. If you were here, weren't here earlier, this, this, I claim them as mine, they're Danelle's aunt and uncle, and they claim me as, as their nephew, so uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, uh, well, in case you weren't aware of the song that I was playing, that was Huey Lewis and the News and their hit song, The Heart of Rock and Roll, released in 1984. That's a while ago. On their multi-platinum album, Sports, it was the third single from that album and it peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 that year. And like Huey, Huey sings, The Heart of Rock and Roll is still beaten. You've got that... So, anyway, I'm continuing our series that I started last week, The Gospel with the Poor. And the title of my message today is Catch God's Heart. Now, over the last couple of weeks, I've asked a question that was posed by one of the religious leaders to Jesus. And I think you all know what it is. What was the greatest commandment? Which one is the greatest commandment? And the guy was hoping to put Jesus on the spot and maybe get him caught in something that he might say. But Jesus, like he always had a way of doing, he, he kind of turned the tables on, on the guy. But he, he replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, if we didn't have anything else to go on in Scripture, but this passage, I think if if we just focused on doing these two things, I think we'd get a long way in life. Don't you agree? I mean, if we didn't do anything else, but just focus on, on loving God and loving each other, the world would be a much better place. Well, 
you all heard the announcement, I think, just a few minutes ago. And, and if you didn't, didn't hear the announcement, maybe you saw our Facebook post about the, the hotel that's closing out on the edge of town. For those of you that aren't familiar, um, there's a place out on the, on the edge of town. It's called the Regency Inn Motel. And it's a, it's a weekly stay kind of thing. And, and, and a lot of transient folks live there. And we've had some outreaches to, to folks out there. We've, we've had a lot of opportunity to get to know people. And if you've ever been out there with us, you know about the, the conditions. There are several buildings that the, the roof has fallen in. The, uh, the, the two main buildings, they really don't even have a, a roof on them. It's just the tar paper. If Those of you that do construction, you know what, what happens after a while. That stuff just gets wet and it just soaks through. And so what they did for the people who were living upstairs, they just made them move downstairs. And so they're, they're not necessarily getting wet anymore, but, you know, it's just the conditions are just getting worse and worse and worse. Well, earlier this week, they were, we were notified, and, and uh, I don't know how long they, they had notified the residents who were, were living there, but um, they were told that they're going to be, the place was sold, and they're going to tear the place down. And if you've been out there and you've seen it, well, you know that that's actually going to be an improvement. I mean, it's, it's a terrible, terrible place. And it, just to imagine that, that people live there you know, with their children, that they, they've lived there for an extended period of time, and, and you see the, the, the price that's posted out on the, on, the, on the road out there, $175 a week to live really in squalor. It's just hard to imagine. But people live out there, and we've gotten to know these people, and we've spent time with these people several times. Well, when we heard the news, we weren't so concerned about the, the site. We weren't concerned about what was going to happen. Most likely, it's going to be, it's being sold to a developer, and they're going to tear the place down, and, you know, and, and it's, something else is going to go in there, and that it's going to be a good thing. But our main concern, and whenever Lee notified us, it was, what are we going to do? What are these people going to do? I mean, these, these people who live there, this is their home. This is one step away from being homeless. And now that's about to go away. At our cookout in August that we had out there, we met a couple who'd lived there more than, than 12 years. The wife worked for the motel. The husband was unable to work. He was, he was disabled. And... They couldn't really afford to get out of there. They, she was working basically to keep a roof over their head. And so they lived there for, for 12 years. They had a vehicle that was in the shop that they could afford to get out because just couldn't make enough money to pay for the repairs. And theirs was just one example of the people that we've come in contact with through ministry out at, at, at the Regency Inn. And we've come to find that these people are the ones that fall through the cracks. You talk about people who fall through the cracks. Well, that happened regularly with these people that we would come to know. I want to publicly thank Lee and, and Tammy, who were really responsible for making contacts with these people. Um, we've 
we've been working with Faith Mission. It's a local nonprofit in our, our community that kind of works as, as like an umbrella for all these, these social services and, and all kinds of ministries fall under them. Well, we're actually working with Faith Mission to, to try to find a place for the ones that can't find anywhere else to go. And so we're supposed to be meeting with them on Tuesday, and, and I, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. And it was kind of neat that whenever, whenever they notified me, it was, they, they hadn't heard yet, and so they had people calling. To, you, you, we got this flyer from your church, and it says to call you guys. And so, um, and so we, we're, we're just trying to, trying to tap into what resources that, that they have to help us, because, I mean, we've, we can just do what we can. Well, when I heard about all of this stuff, and again, I started this, this series just last week, I couldn't help but think about how timely this, uh, this all was. Yeah, it's right before the holidays, and hopefully we're a little bit more sensitive about the needs of other people. Well, more importantly, it gives us an opportunity to understand the heart of God for the poor and the disenfranchised and to recognize them in our neighborhood. You know, it's, it's one thing when you go someplace like Austin or you go to Houston or maybe even College Station, you might see some folks that are, that are out on the street. But when you start seeing them in a little place like Brenham, well, I mean, you know, Brenham's a happy place, you know, with the, with the cows and, and you know, and, and, you know it, it's, you, you, we don't put those two things together usually. And so when, when we run across those that are unfortunate, when we run across those who have been disenfranchised, those who are, are the actual poor among us, we get to recognize them and we, we see who they are. And we need to understand that God's heart beats for these people. The heart of rock and roll, the heart of God beats for the, the disenfranchised, the poor, those who are down. In the Gospel of John, the Apostle described Jesus coming into the world. In John chapter 1, verse 10, he said he came into the, war, the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The message translation says, the Word, God, became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. I mean, it's personal, isn't it? And when the time came, he didn't send somebody else. You know how it works. If you, if you don't want to have to deal with something, you send somebody else, right? Well, God didn't send somebody else. He sent his son. God himself answered the call to, make, to save mankind from their sins. 
And the, the entire Jewish world at the time, if you can imagine this, they were looking for a concrete king. That was who the Messiah was going to be for them, right? He was going to come. He was going to be a, a conquering king. And He was going to save them from all their oppressors. But Jesus came as a helpless baby. The Son of God, the King of creation, was born to a peasant family. And despite the humble circumstances of His birth and in His early life, the splendor of God's glory eventually leaked out. We know that the angels proclaimed His birth to shepherds. Some of the poorest of the poor. And His story was written in the stars and kings came from distant lands and they worshipped Him. And then even as a boy, He explained the kingdom to religious leaders. Jesus was born into these humble circumstances that some... Scholars compared to being in outright poverty to demonstrate God's love for the human condition. The Messiah would be accessible and available to everyone. You know how it works. If you're a part of the in crowd, you might be able to, to get in on, on, a, on a good deal. You know, if you know somebody, if you know the right person, you might actually have the right connection. Well, the Messiah came for the lowest of the low and was available to everyone. Biblical scholars call this the doctrine of incarnation. God became man in order to save all of mankind. God put His skin into the game to save the world. And consequently, when we give our lives to Jesus, our lives become His. It's like what the Apostle Paul told the Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. See, this is the essence of incarnation. Jesus became one of us, a human being, to give His life for us. And in return, our lives belong to Him to live His life through us and in us to accomplish His purposes. One of the major purposes that God has for us is to share the good news of the kingdom with the poor. John Wimber once said, Today God looks for individuals who listen to His Word and respond to it. Remember the poor, he says. Preach to them. Lead them to Jesus. Cast out their demons. Minister to their physical and emotional needs. Help them to find employment. And show them the way through the bureaucratic maze in your nation. This past week, Danelle and I attended Faith Missions Candlelit Gala. On, it was Thursday evening. Lindy was there with Kenny. And this is their, their big fundraiser, and, and, and we're, they're, we, we support them as, as one of our, our ministries. Well, one of the, the board members, Troy Gardner, told a story about a man who came to Faith Mission for assistance. He was, he was an elderly man, and he had dementia. And they were trying to get information from him about where he was from, 
where, where he had grown up, and, and they, they were getting nowhere. And so they, they, they were able to piece together his, his social, social security number. And they, then they started looking. As far as he knew, he was born in Mexico. And so as, as, a, as a Mexican citizen, he wouldn't have access to, to medical treatment under normal circumstances. And so he's telling everyone, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm born in Mexico, born in Mexico. Well, they, they got his social security number and they found out that he was actually born in Hobbs, New Mexico. New Mexico. Did I say Mexico? Yeah. New Mexico. Sorry. Hobbs, New Mexico. Well, when my, when my dad was alive, he called New Mexico, Mexico. It was, it, it was kind of funny, but anyway, there is a difference. Well, anyway, they found out that this guy was from Hobbs, New Mexico. And so automatically he qualifies, in his age, he qualified for Social Security. Well, he didn't know this. And so they started looking more into his background. And then they found out that he was, he was a veteran. And so he was, he was eligible for veterans' benefits. And then in the course of, of, of looking into his background, they found out he was due back pay. And so this man who had been living out on the street suddenly had access to medical care. He suddenly had access to resources so he could take care of himself. And they, they began working with this, this man, and, and, and Troy was telling the story, and he, and he said when he, when he got the news that he had all these things available to him, he just cried. The man just cried. And he had nobody. He had no family. He had no one. But because someone took an interest, someone decided that they would try to help the man, he made a way where there really was no way for the man. So when we, when we help someone who's in need, that's what Jesus was talking about. Loving your neighbor as yourself. The man asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And, he, and, and the point of the story was the guy who helped the man who was in need was the good neighbor. The one who was in need was the neighbor that needed help. So whenever we help those who are in need, then we're showing the love of Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus described the final judgment of the entire world. He said, when, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, all the angels with Him, He will sit upon His glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in His presence. And He will separate the people as... A shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And the Lord will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison. And you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I'll tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, 
My brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now, do you see what happened? Do you see what happened? It, the difference between, between life and death, the, the difference between eternal life and eternal punishment was how these people responded to those who were in need. It couldn't be more clear. And the heart of God is still beating. It still beats for the poor and the needy. The wise King Solomon said, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's what we've been trying to do since, at least since Danelle and I have been here, to minister to the folks who are at Regency. And I believe that's the work that God has called us all to do. To minister to the poor. To serve the poor. It's very near and dear to the heart of God. And I want to challenge us this morning to do as Solomon charged, to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves and defend the rights of the poor and needy. Because if we who call ourselves the people of God don't do it, then who will? Can we stand together this morning?